want to welcome everybody to the Gain and Retain podcast. Our main goal is to motivate individuals uh, seeking financial freedom. We educate, motivate, and inspire you. We sit down with different individuals and get their story on how they started their business and how they're building their business along the way. Today we had a pleasure sitting down with Mr. K, my brother. How you doing, man? man I'm doing well, man. Show, thank you, man. thank you for having me, hey, man. man. It's a pleasure, man. Um, thank to, you for to coming. To God be the glory. You know, we, we've had many conversations, so this just feels right. This just feels right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, we're gonna we're gonna dive right in it, man. Um, Mr. K is. Assistant principal at Lighthouse? Yeah, um, Jacksonville Lighthouse Elementary in Jacksonville, Arkansas. Um, assistant principal there. Also serve as the assistant pastor of Evangelistic Ministries Church in Jacksonville as well under the leadership of uh, Dr. James and Cynthia Bolden. Amazing, amazing, mm -hmm. amazing. The, um, the, main, the main topic today is we want to discuss your, your nonprofit. Yeah. Beautiful feet, beautiful minds. Yeah, man. Um, so... I'm a school teacher, been, been um, teaching and serving children in education, man, since 2003. Um, and so when I was coming up, man, I had a, I had a pretty troubled background, raised by a single mother. Um, and I had people along the way to really pour into me and give back to me, um, people outside of my family. Um, and so when I became a man and I was thinking about what I want to do with my life, I said, man, I want to give back to children like people gave back to me. Right. So I got my degree from Oral Roberts University in a youth ministry. Okay. And got got back home to Arkansas, or using Tulsa. Um, got back home to Arkansas. I was talking to my pastor, and I said, man, I want to serve. I'm ready. And he said, hey, the the best place to do that is in schools. And so I started as a substitute teacher, intervention counselor. Then I got my non traditional license uh, back in '07, man, and been been on this road with education ever since and so now serving as the assistant principal and so I can remember uh, when I was in the classroom I wanted to teach a subject um, that I knew that young men and young women who look like you and me mm -hmm. really weren't feeling which was the subject of English reading writing grammar um, storytelling things like that and so man I, I, I got my uh, certification in, in um, English and language arts Wow! and so through that experience um, I was I was thinking, you know, teaching teaching my kids. I said, man, I, our kids need to be reading, you know, and they don't like doing it. And so, I made it my business, man, to to open them up to the world of literacy and the power that it could entail. And the real key, man, was finding books by authors that look like the students that I served, and with main characters that look like the students that I served. Some someone that they could relate to. Right. Because I felt like, man, one of the main reasons why they they really didn't they weren't feeling reading was because it was not relatable. Right. And so that's what I did. So I bought about 250 books my first year in the classroom teaching English and bought 250 more the next year. So I had a classroom library with 500 books. And that's when the Readolution started, right? That's when the Readolution started. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So your theory is that the young young men and young women that look like me and you, they don't, they don't pick up these books so they can't identify with the author. Yeah, um, you know, we, we've got to be relatable. It's got to be relevant for me. Um, one of the things, one of my philosophies of education, man, is I cannot, I cannot get in your head if I don't first get your heart, right? And so, man, we went about the business of finding books. I was talking to, talking to different teachers who had been in this space way longer than, than I had been at the time and who, who were doing it way better than I was doing it at the time. 
And they gave me some ideas. I talked to children. I said, hey, what, what is it that you like? What, what do you like to read? Like, right. What would you be interested in? And so found all, all kinds of books that, that had, um, had all those interests um, so that our kids could, could really find themselves in the pages of a book. And so I got to thinking, man, I said, you know, our children need access to, to these books. But it's not just about access to books, but it's also about raising the awareness of the power of literacy. Um, some of the some of the students in schools, man, who who perform the best, who who achieve on standardized tests, they're readers, right? And so when a, when a young person doesn't even know that the the power and the benefit of it, they're really not gonna gonna get into it. So that's really where where Beautiful Feet, Beautiful Minds started. It started as a as a when I was in the classroom as a teacher, um, and so you know the beautiful minds comes from the books, and the beautiful feet come from the shoes. Because I worked at a Title I school uh, where a lot of the students, man, they were, they were um, raised below the poverty line, single parent um, homes, pretty much like my background as well. Um, and I would look at their feet towards the end of the school year and I'm like, man, the, the shoes that they were so proud of at the beginning of the year, now they've either outgrown them, they've, they've worn them out. Um, and, and the shoes literally talking, right, where the, the, the sole of the shoe is separating from the, from the actual shoe itself. And so, man, I was like, man, is there an organization, is there a, a company that can literally just give children shoes with no strings attached? I'm talking the latest, the J's, the Maxes, the Forces, right. and just give them to them for free. And I, I, I couldn't find any organizations that did that. And so it was almost like the Holy Spirit in me said, hey, the reason why they're not around is because you haven't started it. And so, man, that was, that was years ago. Man, I, I had to be about 27 28 years old and that that moment was a moment of enlightenment for me but i allowed fear uncertainty and the unknown to paralyze me for double digit years until the pandemic last year um, when i finally had some time where where we we were you know quarantined and isolated exactly. in our homes the internet was still working pretty good so right, right. so like you were talking about when you had idle time you would research to, to boost your business, I said, man, I finally got some time because we're busy in ministry, busy working. Uh, you know, we're both family men and, you know, we want to spend that time with our families. And so, you know, finally had just some time to myself and man, got to researching, asking questions of different people who had started nonprofits, different people who had started businesses and got that checklist, man. I just started knocking out the list one by one by one. And uh, Beautiful Feet, Beautiful Minds was born where, where we're offering um, hope to students by promoting a literacy-rich culture. And, uh, and not, our, to, not to yeah. cut you off, but the shoes, uh, if I'm not mistaken, are, are an incentive for a reason. Yeah, so, so one thing I've learned about young people, man, is that they need to know wh why, what, what's in it for me, or what's the point of this, what's Absolutely. the benefit? And so um, we used to have something in my classroom I call money, money talk, money language, right? Because really, you look at some of the wealthiest people in the world, they use words to gain wealth right and so the more words that we can know the, the the more we can expand a young person's vocabulary the more income they can have the potential to make and so when these young people get these books in their hand and they engage in these books and they they go through the programs we have all kind of programs with beautiful feet beautiful mind and they're highly engaged and they're creative and they're really inspired by these books we use the shoes as an incentive to show them hey there are tangible benefits mm. to your education. It's not just, hey, I got this knowledge or, hey, I'm inspired by the sword, but you right. know what? 
I, there's some tangibility to this as well. Right. Um, I heard it said many years ago that if you want to hide something from young people, put it in a book because they're not going to open it. They're not going to read it. But I want them to understand that when they do, mm -hmm. it opens up a whole new world. In fact, there was a quote I heard, man, a while back. It said, man, words change worlds. And so that's what Beautiful Feet, Beautiful Minds does. And it's, it's more than a book. It's more than a pair of shoes. It's actually hope. And so what we say is our slogan is we, put, we offer hope in your head and hope on your feet. Yeah. So God gave you this. He gave you this way back in what, 2000 and? About 2007, 2008. Okay. And mm -hmm. it finally came to life 2019? 2020. 2020. 2020, yeah. And so what, what, what it was, you know how people are saying 2020 vision, 2020 vision, yes, sir. you know. And so what, what was birthed in me is I, I heard something in me say, you know what? I want you to realize what you've been envisioning in 2020. So it's not just the it's not just the year of vision, but it's the the year of actualization, where where we begin to literally see what we've been seeing here, what we've been seeing here. We want to see it tangibly, and so I had strict instructions that beautiful feet, beautiful minds. By the end of 2020, was going to be up and running. And little did, did I know at the beginning of 2020 mm -hmm. that a whole pandemic would 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 literally Stop. change the course of the way we did life. Right, right. Right. I just knew that I had to follow the instructions of the Lord. And you know how many how many young people went without because I was stagnant because I was paralyzed. How many more people could I have served? How many more people could I have met? How many more people could we have inspired if we would have done it back when I was in my late 20s? But here I am. I was 39 at the time. Now I'm 40. And I'm like, OK, it's time to start realizing some of the stuff we've been talking about. That's amazing, man. And, and that was a key word. How many people you you could have served because mm -hmm. we're supposed to be of service at mm -hmm. all times. Mm -hmm. um, so could you could you walk me through it, man? Somewhat of a step by step process in, yeah. in starting your 501c3. Yeah. So a man, lot of people want to know about. This, yeah. Man. And, 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 you know, it's not as hard as people think. Mm -hmm. um, I reached out to, to one of my board members and I said, hey, I, I just I've been in prayer and I got these instructions from the Lord and I don't know the first step to take. So she literally sent me a text to a link um, and it had step by step by step by step on how to start a, a nonprofit organization. Now, when I started this, this is the beginning of 2020. It's not that long ago. A year and a half ago, I did not know that there was a difference between a nonprofit and a 501c3. And so once I started digging and researching, um, the, the gentleman that I was talking to on the phone, he said, now, you can go, you can submit your paperwork um, through the state of Arkansas um, and, and you get your tax ID number. And that's just a matter of going online, typing up state of Arkansas and filling out that form, right? And so you can do that, but that's only making you um, legal in the state of Arkansas. You will be a nonprofit organization. So if people donate to you, they cannot write that off on their federal income taxes. You have to have a 501c3. And so I had um, a, a company called Rocket Lawyer do the, do the initial paperwork of getting the tax ID number through the Secretary of State, um, the Honorable John Thurston. Uh, so they did all that for me and I, I just paid them because I didn't know what to do. Now, looking back on it, I could have saved myself a whole lot of money just doing it myself. Okay. Um, just, a matter, just a matter of going to the state of Arkansas's website and typing in the search box, 
start a nonprofit and it'll take you through the steps. Um, and you just fill out the paperwork, pay the fee. And it's not very expensive to do, to do it through the state. I, I don't even think it's a hundred bucks to do that. Wow. Um, and then once you get that, then you go to the irs.gov and they'll walk you through the steps. You just type in 501c3, they'll walk you through the steps. You fill out your W-9, you pay the $350, and then you send that off, and they send it back whether or not you've been approved to have a 501c3. Okay, and, and the importance of the 501c3 is when you have sponsors that want to make donations to your yep. organization, they can write this off on their taxes, correct? Absolutely. So <clears throat> nonprofits, they cannot do that, but 501c3, they can. And so once I learned that, I said, that's what I want because, you know, this, this movement that we're starting, this redolution is going to require, it's bigger than me. True story. And so it's going to require connections, partnerships, relationships, uh, businesses and organizations that may want to donate to us or sponsor our cause. And I've learned that different companies and different people that want to donate, you know, they want to make sure that we are a 501c3. Exactly. They want to make sure we have a W-9. They want to see our bylaws. Right. And so these are just practical things. They want to know who your board members are. And so when I, when I went to fill out the paperwork um, initially with Rocket Lawyer, they were like, who's your board? And I'm like, a board? I, I said, just me. And it was like, well, no, it need to be you plus two other people. So it was me. So a minimum of three people? Three people to be on your board. So it, it, listen, I went to my wife and my mama. I said, look, I just need y'all name on this paperwork. That's all I need. I, I don't expect you to do anything. Now, of course, they, they go above and beyond just because just that's my wife and that's my mom. But I said, I just need your name on this paperwork. So it had to be three of us on the board for the state um, legal forms and for the the federal government as well. Okay. And so once the, once they saw our board, then man, I had to had to write bylaws. Had never done that, and so I literally went online, YouTube University and Google University, right? Right. Um, and found a company that that provides these different forms, these legal forms that businesses need. You per had to purchase them. Um. So I did the free trial, right? Because all I needed was bylaws. Now if, if Whatever other forms you need, you could, you know, um, sign on and, and log into their information and subscribe to their information for a small fee. But I just needed the bylaws right. because the the verbosity of the language is very a lot of legal speak and all of this, and I'm I'm just not used to those things. And so I got that template and I molded it into what we wanted for beautiful feet, beautiful minds. And so we got our bylaws, we got our board, right? And then the last thing was the budget, because like you stated um, in your talk, taxes, money, right? You got to make sure that your money is, is right. And so we went, I found out about an organization called APLOS that provides um, services and financial services and forms and all of that for nonprofit organizations for a very nominal fee. So we got our bylaws, we got our budget, and we got our board. When you say budget, what, what's all included in the, in the budget? So whatever money is coming into your nonprofit organization, the federal government wants to know what you're doing with that money. Your board wants to know what you're doing with that money. Your donors want to know what you're doing with that money because all of the financial process in a nonprofit organization is public information. My wife and I, we started the nonprofit. I'm the founder and executive director, but the owner of the nonprofit, if there is an owner of a 501c3, are the people, right? It, it's, it's the government. So all of our books 
have got to be tight and they got to come go in and see, okay, for every dollar that you get into Beautiful Feet, Beautiful Minds, how much of it is going towards your cause? How much of it is going towards overhead? How much of it is going in your pocket? How much you see? And so they, so I said, okay, look, my motives are pure. True I just true. want to help children. Right, right, <laughs> and right. so I needed an organization like Aplos that this is what they do to really help me with the financial side of things. And man, I get them a call. I, I know they're probably tired of me, but I'm like, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I need your help. And man, they were able to walk me through the steps. We were able to raise money, man, on Facebook. Um, we were able to raise money just from generous um, angel donors. Some of my friends from college donated, man, and we were able to, in three months, raise over $5,000 wow. and give away over 1,000 books and over 30 pairs of shoes. In three months, that was the, the last quarter of uh, 2020. And so that's a blessing, and, and, and I'm very grateful to people, my coworkers, my family, my friends, and even people that I don't know that just were appreciative of what we were trying to do. Um, so it's been a journey, man. Met a lot of great people. Um, but yeah, and, and so as far as the budget side, and this is something I'm very proud of, Justin. I'm very proud of this. Um, I was able to actually do the 990 form myself. I didn't have to pay anybody to do it because Aplos's um, platform all you got to do is just plug in. Is it a fee to use, Aplos? Yeah, it is. It's a it's a $29 a month fee. Okay. It's, it's not much at all. Um, because you still use it to this day? I still do. I just called them the day before yesterday. Okay. <laughs> um, and so when you're, when you're a nonprofit, your 501c3 is tiered. And so when you make 50000 or less, the fees are lower, right? Gotcha. And so even when you go to irs.gov, they, they ask you, do you plan on getting bringing in more than 50000 Because if you bring in more there's another level and other forms that you got to fill out. But because we were an upstart, you know, brand new, we weren't expecting, I would, I would have loved to, but mm -hmm. you know, realistically we weren't planning on bringing in a whole, whole lot of money. And so we were able to do the 990 form, got it approved by uncle Sam himself. And I'm just really excited about that because we've, we've been learning on the fly. And now um, that we're we're waist deep in this thing, we've been able to impact a lot of a lot of young people. A lot of children have been blessed by this. And what what exactly does the 990 form entail? So the 990 is essentially like um, the the W two that you do for your personal taxes, right? And so um, the 990 it just literally is plug in. How much did you bring in? What where did the money go? Um, who were your donors? You got to make sure that you give your donors their receipts and all of that stuff. So it's, it's literally just a checklist of the finances of your nonprofit organization. Is a nonprofit organization eligible for a tax return? No. So the, the, the a nonprofit organization does not get a tax return. Now, for people that donate to a nonprofit, it can, it can bring a return to, to those people. But as far as the nonprofit itself, there, the nonprofit doesn't have to pay any federal or, or state income tax at all, um, but in exchange for that, the government expects you to have your books and your finances in order that you're doing what you said in your bylaws and what your board agreed to that you're going to do. And so for anybody that's, that's trying to start a, a 501c3, your motives are pure. Make sure whoever you have working with you, they're financially sound. Right. Because that is the that is the, the major key, because you don't want to end up on the news or you don't want to end up 
um, getting yourself caught up in something illegal when it comes to the government and the finances. True. So that's why we went through a reputable company like Aplos, got all the forms, and they their their hours are they're not twenty four seven, but they're readily available during the waking hours till very late at night to help you to walk you through that step and through the process. Okay, so is that something that you you check in with them quarterly or? Once yeah. a year? Uh, no, so you're talking about Aplos? Mm -hmm. Now, Aplos is the the, um, the platform that we use for the finances, so I can check in with them whenever right. I want to. Um, Uncle Sam expects you to check in financially yearly to yearly. when you do your uh, your income tax, basically. Okay. Um, but I check in with them very frequently because I've got to make sure that, that that part is tight. Okay. Mm -hmm. So from, from, from start to finish, man, exactly how long did it take you to get it, get it going? So... When I sent that initial um, text message to my board member, that was the beginning of January. We had our nonprofit actual LLC and tax ID number the end of January um, 2020. We had our 501c3, our official 501c3 authorization letter from the United States government, from the, the commissioner of IRS signed themselves on June the 5th, 2020. So essentially six months. Six months. About six months. Yeah, but, but it could have been even faster than that. Um, it's just a, because the turnaround, I mean, it's, it's, it's not that, that long. Now, once, once the United States government gets your initial request, they, they, they ask for a turnaround of six weeks. Um, but, but the state of Arkansas, man, that thing turned around in less than two weeks, right? It's beautiful. It, it was really just me sitting down and doing the bylaws, what took so long for it, for me to get the uh, 501c3. But and you were approved, first try. First try approved, first try. man, by the grace of God. Because yeah. I've heard several individuals that have been denied, and uh, they get discouraged, mm -hmm. and they don't, they, don't, they don't try again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, can, it can be discouraging. Um, and that was, that was part of that fear that, that we were talking about earlier for me. Um, but by the grace of God, because I, I actually listen to wise counsel. I have a friend that I went to college with who was a lawyer. I have another friend, best friend of mine, who actually has had a, a nonprofit for five years. So I'm on the phone with them, making sure that we have everything, all of our I's dotted, all of our T's crossed, and all of our ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. Because I had already been so long, uh, such a long time coming, getting to this point, that I really didn't want any other to set me back because if it wouldn't have got approved, I probably would have sat on like, now nah, see, that's why I shouldn't have started to begin with. But by the grace of God, we were approved. Okay. But I can I can honestly say, Justin, that even if it didn't get approved that first time, I'd have tried again because I had strict instructions from the Lord to say, you got to get this started. And he literally helped me and, and put the right people in my path to make it happen. That's amazing. So the main, main goal, we promoting literacy. That's the yes. main goal. Yes, man. Um, what What are some of the ways that you that you reach out in the community to get to get the literacy out? Yeah. So we start with we start with schools, and okay. so because I am I have been an educator, and I'm a school teacher. I'm actually an assistant principal now. The school that I serve is a Title One school. So we go to Title One schools, and basically Title One schools are schools where a, a percentage of the student population lives below the poverty line. Um, and so our school is that we have about 75% of our scholar population that is on free and reduced lunch. So we are a Title I school. So I will go to the principal of that school or to the administrative team of that school and say, hey, we're here, we wanna serve. And so we wanna start by um, just giving your, your children access to free brand new books. Then from there, we can do the, um, the, the Get Lit Pep assemblies where we get children excited about uh, reading. We do the book clubs, 
or we do the read alouds just to, to make sure that uh, young people understand the, the power of literacy. And so we have several programs on our website at beautifulfeetbeautifulminds.org that, um, that we offer. And whatever the schools want, that's what we, that's what we want to desire to give them. That's amazing. That's amazing. You also, you reach out to different, different barbershops in the community and you, you start a somewhat of a, you create a um, relationship with them and kind of get the young men and women that come through the shop to kind of pick up a book and take it with them. Yeah. So one of the programs we have that, that we really desire is the barbershop bookshelves where we go to local barbers and say, Hey, can we, can we have a small portion of your space in order to uh, put books free brand new books because children come to barbershops all the time. Sometimes it might be a long wait and the children can get a little rowdy rambunctious. Here, let's put a book in their hand and get them excited about reading. And the key to that too is books that they would like to read, books that will be engaging for them for a sustained period of time. Yep. That's amazing, man. Mm -hmm. I know you're in the early stage of your, of your journey, but what are some of your, your long-term goals? What do you see Beautiful Feet, Beautiful Minds in the next five years? Ooh, that's so good. Um, so in the next five years, man, we want every single program that's listed on our website fully running with, with um, the, the full gamut of volunteers and even paid staff to help run the nonprofit organization. Um, I envision giving an entire school population access to an unlimited amount of books and a brand new pair of shoes on their feet. So for example, my school, we serve 385 scholars. I would love to go to my school and say, hey, we are beautiful feet, beautiful minds. We're gonna give every single one of your kids a pair of shoes, 385 pair of shoes for free, free of charge. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about them joints from, no, no disrespect, but from a generic store or anything right. but but i'm talking name brand kicks free right. of charge and put those books in their hands right dozens and dozens of books and so that's where we envision ourselves man in, in um in five years and man in 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 five to ten years man we're looking to to start a a um a, and, and this is this is breaking news this is something man this is this is you know, talk that I ha I've had just with my wife, and my board doesn't even know that this is on the on the on the way. But man, I want to start a a um, children's book and sneaker museum. Wow! Um, because you think about children's book, especially the illustrations, it's art, right? It's art. It's art leaping off the page. And sneakers, um, I'm a budding sneakerhead, man, and, and the art of sneakers and the storytelling behind different sneaker designs. And so we want to use that as a platform, man, just to engage culture um, with a book and with sneakers. And so we, we ultimately want to start, open up a museum, man, That's before amazing. this is all over. That's man. amazing, yeah. man. Yeah. That's so amazing. I, got a, I got a really, really bold team of, of, of just a very eclectic group, man. We got a, a youth pastor on our board. Um, we have a diversity, equity, and inclusion specialist on our board, a TV, radio personality, um, teachers. And so we tried to find a, a, a really well-rounded group of individuals to support this work. And anytime you're talking about free books and shoes for children, most people are on board, right? It's just a matter of now fitting, fitting the time schedules and all of that to make sure that when we roll out these plans, 
we could put it into action. Man, that's amazing. That's mm-hmm. amazing, man. It's a great cause. Yeah. It's yeah. a great cause, man. You're going to do great works for sure. Mm-hmm. For anyone listening, man, what can they do to, to help the Beautiful Feet, Beautiful Mind cause? So um, you can log on to our website at beautifulfeetbeautifulminds.org. We're also on Facebook at Live Beautiful 2020. And we're on Instagram at Beautiful Feet, Beautiful Minds. And all of our programs are on there, all the ways that you can donate, volunteer. Um, people have just been so generous, and, and I'm so grateful for the people who have, who have donated and, and volunteered um, thus far. We got an amazing event coming up uh, this week to give back to the community, and people have just been coming out the woodwork to support. Um, but as we know with nonprofit organizations, it's about the donation yes, sir. Um, because it is a nonprofit, and so any money that we, we do um, get, it's, we receive it through donations and through sponsorships and through grants as well. And so um, anyone out there who, who would like to donate, there, there are all the ways to donate on our website at beautifulfeetbeautifulminds.org. That's amazing. That's amazing. Man, uh, we appreciate you for coming through, man. Mm-hmm. You gave us, man, some amazing information that a lot of people out there need to hear, man. It's mm-hmm. been discouraged about starting that journey. And, uh, man, just everybody just stay motivated, man. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and the one thing that I tell people all the time, when your motives are pure and it's God's vision for your life, he will give provision because he's for the vision. And so God's not going to let you fail. You just got to take that initial step. Meet him about 1% of the way. He'll do the 99%. He'll do the rest. Faith without work is dead, man. Man, that's facts. Yeah. Man, I appreciate you. Thank appreciate you for the you, time. Man. It means a lot to me. For sure. Yes, for sir. Sure. Thank you. Six, eight, five, you sleep. Wake up. Three,